Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to a special episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And if you listened to our last episode of the show, we took a look at The Velocipastor, a movie that I did not expect to like as much as I did, and neither did my co-host for the episode, Josh Bell. Uh, But we had a lot of fun with it and had a great conversation. We put it out there and ended up getting in touch with the film's writer-director, Brendan Steer. And Brendan was so awesome to come and have a great little conversation with us about indie filmmaking and B-movies and schlocky horror and parodies and the inspirations for the Velocipastor. So uh, this is a great little conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. And before we get into it, I do want to remind you to please make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. And you can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. I'll remind you of a bunch of other stuff to do after the conversation, but for now, let's get into it. All right, so with me right now, we have got the director of The Velocipastor. We've got Brendan Steer. Brendan, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I mean, you know, you heard our our conversation on the main episode. I mean, this is a movie that, you know, neither of us really even expected to necessarily check out when it came out, but uh, (laughs) we're both very glad that we did. And there's so much like, uh, you know, so clearly that seems to have, you know, inspired you in places that I don't think I was expecting when I went into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. It's uh. It's definitely a movie that that loves movies. So yes, I, I there's a lot to talk about with it for sure. Oh, for sure. Well, we, before we get into the movie itself, why don't you tell people a little about yourself and your uh, filmmaking uh, journey so far? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm originally from Montana. Uh, I did a lot of my growing up in Pennsylvania. Um, Oh, I don't too. know why I just pronounced it that way. It's called Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. is, I, that's how I that, usually say it. That's the native accent, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to college in New York. I uh, moved to L.A. I lived in Paris and Berlin for a year. And um, now I'm back in L.A. Uh, in terms of filmmaking, this is my second feature. I did a feature in 2014 called Animosity, which mm-hmm. is a very dour, dark horror film. You would mm. not, they do not make a complimentary double feature. Uh, it is, it is, they're coming from very different places in my brain. Uh, but I quite like animosity. Um, 
and we had some success with that. Uh, we played at a Fantasia in Montreal. We um, go. It, it's out on Amazon if you want to watch mm-hmm. it. Um, things like that. Uh, and yeah, it it has not done one fortieth of the press Velocipaster has. <laughs> so it's just been a a wild, unexpected ride with this movie. Um, yeah, which, yeah, I yeah. mean, so when 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 you first did the trailer, I'm I'm assuming that was after uh, Animosity came out. Actually, it was before. It oh, was um okay. yeah. Uh, the original trailer was a film school project. Okay, and uh, Animosity was my film school thesis. Uh, okay. We were not supposed to do a feature. I did not expect to sell a student film, and uh, mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I did the original trailer um, back in like, I think we shot in 2010. It came out in 2011. Because mm-hmm. um, if I remember correctly, we shot in like November. It was like right. one of those deals. Uh, but yeah, no, it, so the original trailer came out, and um, it did well, like, like, especially in comparison to everything else I had done at the time. Like sure. every other video on my channel had like, you know, 30 views. Right. And right. all of a sudden here was one that had like 30, 40,000. So yeah. it was, especially to me at the time, I was like, I've made it. Like, yeah. like this is <laughs> finally success. I get but, it, man. But it was like, you know, I was a film school kid. I didn't want to do the silly dinosaur movie. I wanted to be Ingmar Bergman. So mm. I, I like, I sort of kept... I, I knew there was an audience for the short film, and I knew I was proud of it. And we tried yeah. to kickstart it once or twice, and uh, it didn't work. So I wanted to focus on more serious movies. I made sure. a more serious movie. And then after that, it was a couple of years of kind of angsting over what movie two would be. Because I knew in my heart, I really wanted to make the Velocipaster. <laughs> and it, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a struggle to like get myself there and sort of accept that movies can just be fun. Like brightening mm. somebody's day is reason enough for a movie to exist. It doesn't need to have this, this crazy obtuse metaphor attached to it. It sure. can just be a dinosaur priest movie and uh after i cracked that you know i launched into velocipaster with all my might and here we and, are and most of the story was already there right yes. i mean as far as like what it was going to be what now one thing that and you know we, we'll i'm going to be asking you a few questions before we get into inspirations and all that stuff uh which is the main uh idea of the show here but you know, one question, something that both my co-host for the episode, Josh, and I, you know, again, we're a little surprised by and we're really happy about is that this kind of uh, works almost more as like a parody of these kind of like, you know, B-horror movie kind of things than actually just being one, which is what we kind of expected it to be in the first place. Was that like the intention going in uh, when when doing the trailer, were you were you like let's 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 skewer these these kind of like B horror movie things, or were you just like trying to play into the schlock? Like what was um, it? It's like the answer is it's somewhere in the middle. It, it, it's yeah. like I I I did I did intend for it to be a funny parody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like so, first and foremost, it's not it's not a room situation where I like made a movie and then I'm trying sure. to rebrand it. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. It was always intended to be funny. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't, it was really important to me, very deeply important to me for this movie to not come from a cynical place with it. It was mm-hmm. less about like making fun of those movies and more about just sort of celebrating what I loved about them. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that that 
so I, I guess it's it's like the nicest parody possible. I guess is basically <laughs> what I can say. It's funny I, you say that yeah. because, like, you know, I, I've had this conversation a lot lately about how, like, the spoof is kind of, like, died off. And I think a big part of the reason is because they stopped celebrating the movies that they were yeah. parodying. Yeah, they just became, like, oh, let's just make fun of every pop culture thing and just, like, just totally tear it to shit, you know? Right, exactly. And it's, like, you know, we've, for, for very obvious reasons that I get, we get compared to Sharknado a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't love Sharknado. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I like I've seen it two or three times um, just to see if I could like get it. I, I think I yeah. saw the sequel as well. Um, and and it's just. There's something cynical about it, like like right. I, I don't want to just shit on that movie. I, I might be coming from I might be totally off base, but mm. it feels very much like nobody likes those movies. They and they were <laughs> doing it for like kind of an easy internet click sure and i the only you know we've gotten bad reviews for velocipaster it's totally fine it's not a movie for everybody the oh, only yeah. time a bad review bothers me is when they accuse us of wanting to do the same because mm. i i devoted eight years of my life to this project <laughs> and i'm kind of like i would have given up a long time ago if, if if it was just about that and um yeah, things like Airplane and, and Black Dynamite were definitely, like, paramount top of my list. Like, that's sure. what I wanted to do. I wanted to, yeah, laugh at the movie a little, but, like, laugh with it more so. And totally. sort of just celebrate that, that messiness that kind of <laughs> makes us human. Like, that's sure. why I like bad movies. It's people, people say it's about watching someone fail. And mm. I guess a little bit that's true, but it's more about, I think it has two appeals. It's watching movies break, because that's always just <laughs> funny when, when, right. when you're, you, you've come to expect them to be so polished and so sort of focus grouped and like, you know, uh, it went through 15 editors because Disney needed it to look like a Star Wars. Like, you're used to seeing yeah. that, so it's always fun to kind of see the movie disintegrate in front of you. Sure. And uh, honestly, a lot of those bad movies, they're kind of succeeding. Like, they, they are presenting you with a very idiosyncratic worldview, mm -hmm. and it, it, it comes across as silly, but they really achieved something. There's pathos in good, bad movies. Sure. Um, especially in something like The Room. Like, just to once yeah. again use it as an example, it is genuinely an auteur film like yeah <laughs> like it's crazy but goddamn tommy wiseau really does invite you into his world for two hours and it it is very successful in doing that yeah Not i i a drama but <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> i i would say like honestly it is one of my most watched movies and it's not that's not gonna happen if a movie is just simply bad exactly like, exactly yeah. and it's like yeah. there's a reason we return to these movies and it's because there is a spark there's mm -hmm. life and there is love and in, in in a good bad movie and yeah. that's why like you know i i don't even know how many times i've seen the room and yeah. i you know do not have a hankering to watch, you know, Sharktopus because yeah. I'm just, maybe it's great. I'd give it a shot, but I just, yeah. I really don't think anybody loved that movie. <laughs> and I, I just don't, it, the worst thing you can do, um, especially with a lower budget is not care. Mm, and it's like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, 
that's the only time I feel like I'm wasting my time on a movie at sure. any budgetary scale, which is yeah. just if, if they just did not want to do it. So uh, caring is a good transition into my next question, which is uh, you, you finally decide, all right, we're going we're gonna to go back to this thing and turn it into a feature. Like wh- how long of a process was it once you really were, because it was obviously eight years you know, from the get-go, yeah. but once you actually were starting to put this thing you know, through the process of making it into a feature, what was the, uh, how long and was it really difficult to actually you know, make mm-hmm. it happen? Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a hard question to answer because I, I sort of would on and off uh, start a script for it, um, starting in 2011, um, mm. and it was about four or five years of doing that. I think I started the script like six times, um, and mm. I would get like 20, 30 pages in and just hate it. Like, <laughs> like it just was not fun, and I was still coming at it from that very film school mentality of like. But what am I saying about like Christianity and like what 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 sect is it? Because you know they all are very different from each other. Sure. And I was like doing that kind of thing. And then one day, kind of like I said before, I I can't. I had this this lightning bolt of realization of just being like, this is a movie about a priest who turns into a dinosaur. Like <laughs> like chase that fun, and that is reason enough for the movie to exist. And so um, the final shooting script I wrote in two days. <laughs> so it, nice. took, it took like five years to get to those two days. But like mm-hmm. basically it was locked from that point on. Um, it was just such, such a ballistic missile of like things I liked. <laughs> sure. And so uh, there were some minor changes to it, of course, afterwards. Uh, it probably took, um, I think we tried to kickstart it again or, or to crowdfund it, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't work. And so eventually, I, my friend's mom knew I wanted to make this movie. And she asked me how much money I was looking for. Because she might know this person. Mm. And you hear that a lot when you're a filmmaker. So, sure. you know, I sent her the script and I sent her the lookbook and all the, all the materials. And I didn't think much of it. And two days later, she called back and said the person was willing to invest the entire amount in the movie. And <laughs> that the movie was funded. And that was how I got it made. Uh, through somebody I have never met and still never spoken to. Oh, so you don't even know if they like it. I, I, I have been trying to get it to them. <laughs> uh, I, I know that they are a, a young Chinese woman, mm-hmm. and I think they forgot they invested in a film. I think that they are so China rich that mm. to them 35000 was just like nothing. Because um, I, I need to go find one of those right now. I, so. I, she she lives in Berlin. I can tell you that from her Instagram, and that's oh. that is all. Uh, that is the only interaction I've ever had with her. Uh, I what? she every time we've like gotten her attention, she just has seemed so deeply disinterested in the fact that she funded a movie. <laughs> so you know, I've done my due diligence, and if she wants. If she wants to participate, she is more than welcome to. <laughs> that is fantastic. It, it kind of makes your mind start to wonder about how many like weird, crazy movies she has funded. <laughs> it might be money laundering. <laughs> be like I've hit that point of being like, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> um, but yep, yep. That is how we got it funded. And so we shot nice. for two weeks. Uh, post took like two or three months. And then mm-hmm. uh, we premiered in 2017 in Portland. So 2017, I'm trying to remember, and, and this is the next thing I wanted to ask you, is I'm trying to remember when 
you know, the title and everything mm-hmm. went like kind of viral and everything. How like was it done at that point? Was it already like in distribution? Like was it getting oh. its distribution deal and everything? No, not yet. It was no. well. We released the poster and we released the trailer and the synopsis and stuff back in tw- mm-hmm. uh, 2017. Um, and you know, it buzzed a little. Uh, sure. it, it it got talked about. Um, yeah. but certainly not to the extent it would be. Um, but the thing that you know, studio coordinators talk. Uh, sorry, mm. sorry, festival coordinators talk. Mm. Yeah. And um, so I think I ended up submitting to like four or five festivals and we ended up playing at like 30 because <laughs> like they kept sharing it amongst each other and I kept getting these these emails from festival coordinators kind of being like, hey, we heard about your movie. We'd love to see a screener. And, you know, you just keep sending it out and they kept responding sure. positively. So after a while, we were approached by a distribution company. We were approached by several. And so we finally... um went with Wild Eye because they seemed like the most above the board dudes and it seemed like mm. it was very much in their lane and they just seemed like a great fit. Yeah. Um and they were. They have been. Uh so what ended up happening was um I think we signed with them late 2018. Uh cuz mm. it it takes a while for it to sort of proliferate. Sure. Um and we signed with them late 2018. They they released their revamped poster and a revamped trailer on April 20th, the day before Easter, which mm. I think was just, uh, I would love to shake the hand of whoever came up with releasing sure. the Velocipaster Easter weekend on 420. So it, it just, that was when it exploded. Um, oh, yeah. And that is probably when you heard about it. It was like, I, from I think that so. Point now on, that you mention it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. it was, and it was so strange because, like, you know, part of what's been so surreal about this is like you know we finished we wrapped in 2016 so it's like to me i'm like i love this movie but to me i'm like yeah i made that like three years ago right (laughs) and it's just kind of surreal i'm so happy it's finding an audience now but it's it's just funny it's like life is a mysterious journey let me tell you (laughs) oh yeah absolutely um (laughs) well why don't we get into some of these uh movies these puzzle pieces as we call them here uh the movies that we thought may have inspired you you already did bring up black dynamite i was going to bring that one up uh also grindhouse both as a film and just as a genre in general um these are definitely it sounds like things that that were major influences for you uh, absolutely. Especially Black Dynamite. That, yeah. that movie was like, I, what I say, I think it's overselling it a little now, but I would say to people during filming that that, that movie is our Bible and it's the mm. only movie I made all of them watch. Nice. <laughs> Cause nice. I was like, this is what, what they're doing for black exploitation is what I want to do for that kind of Z grade horror um, right. and exploitation film. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just think, like, you know, Black Dynamite is just a brilliant movie. I, yeah. I, I think it is so funny. And one of the rare comedies that succeeds almost every minute of its screen time. I, I, I just love it. Um, so that was a huge, huge influence. Um, Grindhouse, yes. A little more esoterically. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I, I would say, actually, that Grindhouse was a bigger influence on the original trailer. Uh, mm, that yeah. that was more around the time of Grindhouse. Um, yeah, it was definitely part of the spark to do it. Like the idea yeah. that you could make a short film that is shaped like a trailer, and that right. it's a fake trailer, and that's like sort of a viable um, 
means for a narrative. That sure. is, of course, directly ripped from Grindhouse. I was also watching just a lot of trailers from hell, this website uh, back then. <laughs> and so I was just having all these Grindhouse titles tossed at me. So when, when I saw Velocipaster, or, or like when that came to my brain, um, it, it just, everything sort of clicked where I was like, oh, right. that sounds like one of these movies. Sure. Um, and uh, just that whole, that whole genre for sure, just exploitation cinema is, of course, a huge influence on both versions. But, is, is, that, yeah. uh, is that autocorrect story true? It about... is very true. <laughs> yeah. It is absolutely true. And it's that's like, that, that is where, that's why when my phone autocorrected Velociraptor to Velocipaster, yeah. That, like I said, I had just seen Grindhouse. I'm a huge Tarantino guy um, and Rodriguez. And so that was on my brain. Trailers from Hell was on my brain. So when I s looked at my phone and I saw Velocipaster, I was just like, that's a movie. Um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I think definitely on the final film, there's bits of Grindhouse in there for sure. Um, I, I mean, I think that you just sort of fold uh those influences into yourself after a while so it, sure. it's for sure in there but i will i will say that during filming i wasn't thinking about grindhouse much i was thinking much more about you know things like uh monty python and airplane and black dynamite sure absolutely uh well i'm going to go to another one uh which was orgasmo and the films of trey parker sure. uh you know, especially with this narrative, like I was saying on the main episode um, of just, you know, th this this guy who's just like this religious guy who, who you know, everyone's kind of telling him that he should be using these powers, even though they're so ungodly and everything. And he, he's always got that one foot still stuck back in religion. And that, that seems to be something that's gone through a bunch of Trey Parker stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah, it has. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, what's funny is I have never seen Orgasmo. I've had so a good. couple of people bring it up now, and yeah. I I love um, South Park. Mm -hmm. I I for years um, I was like a pretty uh, devout uh, viewer of it. Yeah. Um, and I will say definitely his his writing for sure. Him and Matt Stone, I think that they have a really genuinely good ability when they want to, to sure. make very clever commentary on things. Yeah. Um, just some episodes of South Park, I think, are just some of the most brilliant comedy writing I've ever seen. Uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, the Trapped in the Closet is just an amazing <laughs> screenplay. And, oh, yeah. like, you know, I, I definitely took a lot of that in. Um, but I shockingly have never, besides the South Park movie, I have never seen one of their feature films I've never oh, seen wow. Basketball, and I've never seen Team America. They've been on my, and or Orgasmo, uh, mm -hmm. they've been on my list for years, yeah. and I just haven't gotten to them yet. I, I, I oh, would love it. to, because I'm sure that they are brilliant. Also, um, the Book of Mu uh, Mormon musical, oh, God, which is yeah. incredible as I'm well. Sure, I'm sure I would love it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I don't have an excuse. I just haven't seen it yet. Uh, yeah, no, but, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, but it is funny because definitely um, things like like that are are definitely influences. Just mm. in, not that one in specific, I would say. Sure. A lot of a lot of orgasmo adjacent stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, and then of course we we kind of spun off of that into the trauma films, which mm -hmm. you know that that kind of brings a, another level of it, you know kind of 
at the same time as being adjacent to Trey Parker, it's adjacent to the, you know, the so bad it's good B-movie horror type things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely, it's funny, there are very few trauma films I really adore. Sure. But I admire their ethos. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I really have respect for that sort of scrappy DIY, make your own damn movie kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, that was why I also gravitated towards Rodriguez a very sure. when, when I was, you know, first starting out being interested in film, because that that sort of demystification of what it what, what it's like to make a movie and and mm-hmm. what you need to make a movie, I found very appealing. Right, um, right. And and so both both Kaufman and uh, and, you know, Rodriguez have that in them and they're yeah. not always good, <laughs> but <laughs> sure. they always swing. And I, yeah. I, I, I admire that. Uh, yeah, so do a lot with a little. Exactly. And, yeah. and I also admire from Troma uh, the, the unapologetic nature of how low budget it is. Like, mm. like that becomes part of the appeal. And that definitely I, I took as an influence where it's like there's, you know, when you're operating with a budget that low, uh, you can you have two options, which is try and hide it or embrace it. Sure. And so I, I always respected movies more that would embrace it. And mm-hmm. so I, I chose to do so as well. That was part of the reason also that there is the, uh, the punk music in it. Sure. Because I, I thought that maybe uh, they, would, they had sort of a shared uh, DIY um, ethos. So, that also brings to mind Kevin Smith a little bit as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that is... He is another filmmaker that I'm like, he's not always great, but right, dude, right. nothing but respect for his work ethic. Like, yeah. like he, he does it. He makes whatever the hell he wants to and doesn't really care. And I, I have respect for that. Totally. Absolutely. Well, uh, another movie that we brought up was American Werewolf in London, um, which I think, uh, you know, again, you know, to, to go to just the, the straight up, uh, the, the character progression and all that, I think kind of mirrors it in, in some ways. Yeah, that one I agree with. I, I yeah. love American Werewolf in London. And it was definitely um, the humor, too. The, the sure. fact that uh, Landis blends a lot of humor into it. Um, of course, American Werewolf is a much more, more serious film, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there, there's that... There's that idea there of of you know the 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 were creature yeah. <laughs> being uh, <laughs> representative of the character's inner struggle and sort of inner demons, if you will. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely De- all all sort of werewolf narratives. It's like sure. I I love the Wolfman too. The the uh, both versions mm. to be dead honest with you. Uh, all right, I actually like Joe Johnston as a director, and I. I was in for the 2010 version, um, but uh, the Universal, the, I mean, sorry, the, the, the 40s one in particular sure. um, is, of course, another big influence. Also, because it's a bit goofy, so, <laughs> uh, so I wanted to, that one, maybe even more so than, than American Werewolf or, or the Joe Johnston Wolfman, the, the original 40s one with Lon Chaney Jr., because sure. there's, it, it has that sort of, you know, serious serious we're taking this stuff serious and yeah. <laughs> uh it's just so lon cheney sucks <laughs> and it's just so funny to like see him trying to like 
emote and like really act this stuff out. Yeah, yeah. And he just can't. And it, it's 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 wonderful. I also think that casting Claude Rains as his dad is one of the most baffling miscasts in the history of film. Uh, like, Lon Chaney Jr. stands like two feet taller than Claude yeah. Rains does. <laughs> I, and it's, they have different accents. I just got a lot of questions. And, yeah. and uh, I wanted to, on a more meta level, I wanted people to sort of go through some of that process with Velocipaster. Like, mm. I, I wanted them to see the awkwardness and have questions about it. Like, sure. that was, that's part of the fun to me, is that you turn to your buddies and you're sort of like, do they know ninjas aren't Chinese? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> right. like, like, I want people to do that. That's part of what makes the movie so fun, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, absolutely. As I was watching it, um, you know, I, I definitely, there's a kind of a... Uh, a, a a level of discovery as you're going through it to where you're starting to, to kind of get on board, you know, you're mm -hmm. like, like, Oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be at all. This is uh, insane. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I will say the people, uh, I'm very happy that the narrative surrounding Velocipaster so far, mm -hmm. uh, the consensus seems to be, Oh shit, it's really good. And, right. and like, I'm very <laughs> proud of that. The fact yeah. that you, the, it, it sort of is a surprise to people. Uh, sure. I, I think that is just half the fun of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I am not a... Uh, uh, a lot of filmmakers I know are sort of, like, really stentorian about, like, no, you got to see it in a theater or something like mm -hmm. that. Like, they're, they're very venue-centric. Um, I, I, I'm actually one of those myself, yes. but alas, yeah. I had to watch it at home. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I will say this. I will say this. I, I just don't, I don't care as much. Um, mm -hmm. I, at the end of the day, I'm here to see a story. So yeah, mm -hmm. I want to see it in the best way possible, but if the only way available to me is on my television, I'm going to watch it on my TV. I'm not going to wait five years to see it in like 65 millimeter or something. Sure. Um, but I will say for Velocipaster, the only venue-specific thing that I think is important is to watch it with people. Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah, in, in a theater, that's probably the best place you can do that. But yeah. even if you're at home, like, get your girlfriend, get your wife, get, get your buddies. It's right. like that is the best way to see the film because then you'll be interacting with it in the way sure. that I, I want you to because you'll yeah. be talking to the people next to you and kind of being like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> and like that to me is half the fun. I think people can have a lot of fun watching it alone, but I think if they have the option to watch it with people, they should take it. Like make oh, it a yeah. make it a party night. Screw it. Why not? It's a yeah. movie to be enjoyed. <laughs> I think I think that's absolutely right. A hundred percent. It. it... And, and there's just so much like, like what the fuck as you're watching it that, yeah, I mean, you're all going to be interacting a lot. Like you're just not going to yeah. be able to help it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. that, that to me is the, uh, beyond that, the sort of venue doesn't matter. Just, yeah. just be with people. And, and right I think on. that that is the way to see it. That is my official recommendation as writer, director, editor, and producer. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to ask you about one more that we had brought up, and then we'll see if you have any uh, specifics that you want to mention. But, uh, you know, we already kind of touched on Sharktopus as well as uh, Sharknado. And then also we had mentioned Snakes on a Plane as well. Um, but 
again, just kind of going back to those movies, you know, where there's like a title first and then a movie that comes next. Um, more so than whether or not they inspired you, I was actually wondering, do you have any favorites per se? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I didn't hate Snakes on a Plane. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, actually, I can, I, the, one of the ones that, um, oh my God, the title just went away from me. Yeah, Birdemic. I think oh. that Birdemic is worth it. That oh, one yeah, is great. actually terrific. And, yeah. and has that bad movie quality I really crave. Um, mm-hmm. And it's another one where I think they like retroactively tried to market it as a comedy. Sure. Um, it's very obviously supposed to be like a creature feature, um, but it is just so funny. It has some yeah. of my favorite lines. The CGI is, of course, just the stuff of legend. Oh, yeah. and, and I think everybody in the movie does j- just the best they can. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is funny because that Birdemic within itself is just a terrific case study of it. Because the first one rules. I love right. that first Birdemic. And the second one sucks. And I hate that second Birdemic. <laughs> because yeah. it's like they're trying to like capture the 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 self-awareness, I guess. That's and the just, worry. Yeah. They're just not doing it. And mm-hmm. it's like I had so much existential angst going into Velocipaster that I would end up like one of those movies. Like, well, I'm like sure. I I d- did I know I get why people think we're one of those movies. <laughs> yeah, and we yeah. very much position ourselves to sort of be. Mm-hmm. But I was every day on set, that was the main worry, is just like yeah. how, is this coming from the right place? How far can you push this bad until it's just bad? Until mm-hmm. it's like just unenjoyable schlock. And and you really got to ride that line. You've It's, it's kind of a, a tonal balancing act, but in yeah. every aspect of it. Like, yeah. like in, in the directing in sorry, I mean, in the acting in the editing in the cinematography and the production design, every single part of it has to answer that question correctly. And it, it sure. was something I put an enormous amount of mental energy towards when we were shooting, because I really didn't want it to be, I, I really didn't want it to turn out like one of those movies. I, I think sure. it would have really crushed me if it did. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that. I will say that I think Birdemic is probably my favorite of those. Um, and I will, of course, speak up if another one pops into my head. Sure. Uh, but that one, that one is one that I actually own and return to. And that's more than I can say for a lot, a lot of the other ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> right on. Well, um, so, I mean, speaking of, you know, influential movies, is there anything, I mean, we kind of peppered in a few along the way. You mentioned Airplane, you know, and like, are there any other uh, movies that were like big inspirations for you while, while going through this project that we didn't Ye- bring up? Yes. Um, <clears throat> there are two or three in particular that are like really um, essential. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys did an amazing job getting the big ones. <laughs> oh, uh, right on. My, probably the biggest one, and why Why would anybody think this, but probably the biggest influence besides Black Dynamite was this Japanese movie called House, or mm. uh, Haosu, from uh, 19, the late 1970s. Okay. And um, it, is, it is just one of the most endlessly inventive movies I have ever seen. It's, it's in my top five movies of all time. Hmm. And it, it, what I wanted to take from it was 
this around in when you're watching Haosu, literally around every scene, it's like a new idea. It's just like tossing things at you constantly. It is mm. hell bent on entertaining you, but not scaring you. Like it's a horror movie ostensibly, but it, it just does not seem to care about that at all. Right. And I really identified with um this sort of both this excitement that comes from that kind of discovery and this sort of weird occasionally uncomfortable blending of genres and at mm. least blurring of genre lines sure like like velocipaster is sort of a horror comedy right. uh but there's very little horror in there really right. out, outside of sort of the genre trappings yeah and it's a comedy where we're going to have a very tender four minute sex scene like mm -hmm, that has yeah. no jokes <laughs> yeah. and like it's that really appealed to me that sort of like i said blending of, of genres and ideas um cool but cool. primarily the the i the the sensation of constantly being surprised and on your on your back heel kind of thing um right. there are two anime that really inspired it okay and they are uh evangelion and fooly cooly flcm mm -hmm. Uh, FLCL more so. Um, it's the six episode anime from like two, uh, 2000, 1999 around there. And it is just a shot of adrenaline. It, it's, it is one of the most kinetic, um, uh, pieces of media I've ever seen. And it, hmm. it's only six episodes long. So essentially it's a two and a half hour movie. Right. And, um, it is two things came from, from that. Uh, which are the music. Uh, in all of Fooly Cooly, the director only used one alt-rock band. <laughs> They're called yeah. the Pillows. And they, it, it, it just felt so vital and different and cool. Like, there's almost no incidental music in it besides uh, those four, three Japanese guys in that right. band. And I read an interview with the director where he said, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff in that series. People are using guitars as, like, guns, and, and it's got this alt-rock score, and it's about, like, this alien and all this stuff. Um, but it's also a really deep metaphor for sexual awakening. And mm. I read this interview with the director where they were asking him, like, where did all the weird stuff come from? And he was like, oh, I just put in a lot of stuff I liked, honestly. <laughs> I figured that yeah. people would just get it. And um, that especially when I was writing, that was a huge part of it for me, is mm. that when it came time to pick the music for Velocipaster, I followed that philosophy, where I was kind of like, I just love these songs, and I'm just going to present them, and people can love them or not love them. Sure. But, but this, this part of it is for me kind of thing. And I hope yeah. that at the very least, they'll connect with the intentionality of that. Sure. Um, and the kineticism of, of FLCL is just like, like, 25 yeah. minutes of that are, like, four episodes of any other show. And yeah. uh, I wanted to replicate that, where it's, like, I, I, I will, I'll, I will say I, I succeeded better than I thought I would, because I have, <laughs> I have seen this film at a lot of festivals now. And, like, you know, sometimes you step out, you have to go to the bathroom or something. I don't even know how many times I've seen Velocipaster. Um, and I'll, like, step out to go to the bathroom or whatever. And when I come back, I am, we are... I have never had the thought of like, oh, we're still here. Like, like, yeah, something I'm else always, is happening. I, I'm always like, <laughs> when did we get to Vietnam? I was, I was gone for like two minutes. Yeah. Um, and the answer is, yeah, 
you were gone for two minutes and now we're in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm very proud of that. And I love that. Um, the biggest influence from um, the other anime, Evangelion, is the editing style. I mm. really, uh, there's a moment in the, the ending, uh, the end of Evangelion, where a character's mind essentially breaks. And they, the editor for the film goes through like almost three minutes of every single frame being a different shot. And uh, it is an assault. <laughs> and it, wow. it's, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to sort of, um, you know, it's doing it kind of abstractly, but it's showing you what he feels like through editing, which is mm -hmm. not something that a lot of people do, but I always thought it was really cool and interesting. And I really internalized that, where it's like, it, it shows up in the sex scene very obviously, but like, yeah. Throughout the entire movie, I'm just sort of like, there's 24 frames every second. Use them. Like, mm. you have so much stuff to play with there. Sure. And uh, that, that montage in particular in, in the end of Evangelion, um, where they go through that, I, I, of course, applied that to the, um, the sex scene in Velocipaster. But that, that editing ethos has just been part of um, what I do for a long time. Like, it's a tool it's just like mm -hmm. cinematography you can use it to portray an idea somewhat abstractly but people get it and sure. i i yeah yeah that that was the first thing that really opened my eyes to that go figure it's an anime show and not like a godard film <laughs> right but, but you know what we get it we get our inspiration from wherever it may knock so <laughs> exactly exactly it's just this a uh, big you know smorgasbord of just all these different places that they come from yeah you know? yeah and yeah. oh oh that that was the last one i knew there was one i was missing okay. um it's a uh, Shaun of the dead by edgar Wright. oh and nice. um and uh scott just all of edgar Wright, really <laughs> yeah. like he's also he's one of my favorite working directors um one of the most talented filmmakers in the world in my opinion and i love the way he approaches comedy where very mm. rarely is it is it like crass or puerile or cruel and very often is it just funny and and i really right and of course he also works in blending genres a whole bunch he he yeah. works on this whole sliding scale of of serious versus um versus humorous and i think mm. the way he navigates that is better than any other director i know and since i knew i was going to be operating kind of in the same space um I mean, I was an early adopter of him. He's been a hero for years and years. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So everything by him. But I would say particularly Shaun of the Dead and Scott Pilgrim. I'm actually surprised that we didn't say that one right there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he, I, have, I have met him uh, yeah? twice. And nice. uh, he, <laughs> I embarrassed myself deeply both times. <laughs> oh. um, it was not his fault. It was all on me. Uh, and and uh, he he's one of the few people I get like starstruck around genuinely, uh, yeah. and so I it, both times I was just tripping over myself and and one day one day I hope to meet him and not look like a dildo so <laughs> it will hopefully happen because I until then I can just adore his work all of it I love yeah absolutely. I, I hope you do get to uh, have that good meeting with him sometime. <laughs> Same, though, for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that that about does it. Um, I, I'm curious, what, what are you uh, now? I mean, obviously, you're doing a bunch of press and stuff for this. Yeah. Now it's finally out there and people are receiving it and receiving it pretty well. They are. Um, what, do, you, do you just keep doing this for a while? Or do you have another project you're working on already? Yeah, um, I'm in the process of uh, writing two different films. Uh, yeah. And, well, because once again, like, yeah, I, uh, the press is taking up a lot of my time and a lot mm-hmm. of my energy, which is great. Like, yeah. honestly, I would never for one second complain about the attention this movie is getting. I am aware how freakishly lucky we are. <laughs> and <laughs> and I am just very happy about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it takes up a lot of time and energy. Uh, so and the writing hasn't been going as fast as I would have hoped. Uh, mm. I don't know if one of those will be next. I have a couple, like four or five other feature scripts unproduced in my back pocket um, with varying degrees of seriousness. I was uh, just about to ask, yeah. are they like half serious, half let's ride this line for a little Kinda, while? Kind of, yeah. There, there was... Yeah. Um, so so my co-writer and I wrote my favorite of them that is unproduced mm-hmm. is this movie called Prom Hotel from Hell nice. which is just a blast. And it's like the if if for some reason I was given a blank check and they were like you have a year to live that is yeah. the movie I would make. Um Nice. I did I, music for a movie called Bus Party to Hell and it was a nice. lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I adore that script. And so that would be in a perfect world that would be the one I would want to chase next. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's also the most expensive script. So mm. we will see. I, I think yeah. that I might have to, you know, do do another project or two in between before I can actually get the budget that I need to for that one. Um, sure. In terms, but yeah, in terms of what I am going to chase next, I mean, honestly, at this point, the movie just came out. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. I, I'm going to keep working on the scripts. I'm going to wait a little bit and honestly see what opportunities shake out. I, I think that hopefully this will open some doors for, for us. Um, mm. And uh, we just got to see what's on the other side. So yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I, I had a great time talking to you. I, I want to ask one more question about the movie. Yeah, uh, something sure. Josh and I were, were, we're trying to figure out ourselves is, uh, you know, we, we watched a screener that was sent to us and, um, we were curious whether or not the insert effects was a intentional joke or a a thing that was an early copy or not. <laughs> Very intentional. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it would it, work either way, yeah. quite frankly. <laughs> um, and that I will say is one of the few jokes that is venue specific because yeah. I totally get why when people get online screeners they would be confused. Totally, hundred percent get that. Yeah. Um, because like all the time, I've like accidentally sent people work prints and stuff. Um, mm. It happens constantly. Sure. I will say, uh, if you if you're like holding the Blu-ray or DVD, or if you're like in a theater, the joke sells way better. Oh yeah, uh, because, I bet. Because it's, the intentionality <laughs> is immediately recognized. Um, I mean, I laughed regardless. As soon yeah, as I no, saw perfect. it, I started laughing. You know, so yeah, yeah. No, and I'm happy that a lot of people have queued. That that's that's the moment you know what movie you're watching. Sure. And it comes at like second eighty. So yeah. it's like I totally get why if if somebody is sitting down for the first time and they're not really aware of what what they're about to get into 
why that would happen and the response would be what <laughs> so, so i uh but yes that was very intentional we beautiful never we actually had the money to go back and shoot a car explosion and i boldly decided not to <laughs> because i thought that title card was way funnier than anything that we would actually end up shooting that's an uh, auteur decision right there, it, man. It, it truly was. Thank you. I'll give myself a little cred for, <laughs> for, for bravely deciding to, to use, um, you know, text <laughs> and just see what happens. Uh, but Beautiful. yeah, intentional. Well, right on, Brendan. Thank you again so much for being here. This is a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. That awesome movie year on all the socials and awesomemovieyear.com. So please like us, subscribe. And uh, if you do like us, give us a five-star rating because we love you. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brendan Steer, the writer-director of The Velocipastor. And I hope you checked out The Velocipastor because like we said on the main episode, it actually is a lot of fun. I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, it's worth checking out. So that does it for this week. We got a whole bunch of piecing it together coming up. We actually had a couple of episodes recorded, but we wanted to get these Velocipastor episodes out because the movie had just come out. Uh, so those other episodes are going to come out next week. We've got uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco coming up next. And then uh, we, we'll go from there. We got a few to choose from. I'm not sure what order the rest of them will be, but lots of episodes coming your way. So make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You could also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy it. And you could follow us on social media at PiecingPod. You can also join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all these movies. And uh, we do a bunch of contests in there too so it's really a good idea to join the group and come join a bunch of cool people talking about movies so that does it for today um oh you know what? one other thing before i leave you guys with a piece of music um our first live show is confirmed um we're still getting all the details together but it's actually going to be during the sin city horror fest here in las vegas at the brendan palms movie theater it's going to be on a local feature film called The Head, and uh, they're screening it on the closing day of the festival, and right after it plays, Josh Bell is actually going to be joining me, as well as uh, festival organizer Drew Marvick, and as well as the film's director. And so it's going to be a really interesting experiment, but I have always wanted to do some live episodes of Piecing It Together, so it should be a lot of fun. I will be posting more information about that soon. I don't have exact times or, you know, how you can get tickets or any of that kind of stuff yet, but I will be posting more info about it soon. So just follow the social medias and you will get plenty more information soon. 
So let's leave you guys with a piece of music as we always do. And, you know, I know I've played this before on the show, but there's a indie horror film that I did some music for. Um, I played the Bus Party to Hell song on the main Velocipastor episode, so I'm going to play a piece from another horror indie film that I've done music for. Uh, this is the main theme from the film Heidi, uh, which is like a found footage scary doll movie that actually came out before Annabelle. i got to give him some credit. But uh, yeah, this is the main theme track from that film. So enjoy this. It's actually available as a single on my iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff. So enjoy the track, and if if you like it, it is available out there, but you should also go check out the movie, Heidi, which is available on Amazon Prime. And all points west.